0: Welcome to the Choose to Think podcast. We have with us today Stephen Johnson, who is a licensed clinical social worker in Jesmond County, and some of you may even know him, and he is a remarkable individual, and I have the pleasure of sitting across from him today to chat with him about a topic that is a bit heavy and sometimes we perhaps we don't talk enough about it and that's the topic of suicide so before we actually start this episode or get going in our chat I'd like Stephen to open us up in a word of prayer.
1: Father we come to you in the name of Jesus and we thank you You tell us if we call on you, you'll answer, and you'll show us great and mighty things we don't even know. So we ask that if there's any revelations that would come as a result of this conversation we have, then so be it. So be with us as we have this discussion. Give us a sense of what you have in mind, and we just pray that you will be honored and that those that are listening who may be struggling with anything what might be, that our words and our revelations that come as a result of this might touch your people. So Lord, we pray for our listeners and ask you, you show them what part of this you would want them to know. And I pray you would help anyone who is struggling to come to you and you would bring resolution. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Thinking back, we've had this meeting arranged for a while now. I'm not sure about all the statistics as to suicide, but I think, according to what I read sometimes, that the rates have actually increased during COVID and as a result of COVID. People are feeling more isolated, separated lonely, scared, stressed, anxious, and the list goes on. I wonder if you could speak a little bit in your professional opinion as to why does an individual go that route? What might be going on in their minds, in their hearts? What are they thinking that may lead them to such a point of desperation? Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: well i think that there's uh, an important factor and that is it's not what happens in life that shapes us but it's the mean we give it Mm -hmm. so sometimes uh with all these things that we're facing uh, each of us will give it our own personal meaning what what this happens to mean but To look at this from a perspective of understanding the pathway to it would be, would be this. What I believe leads to my emotions, which leads to my behavior. That's kind of it. So that if I am believing that uh, the environment that we're in right now is so Uh, difficult to deal with, then I'm going to have a variety of different emotions. I might be afraid, I might be, uh, 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 let's say, uh, concerned about others, but all kinds of things. But it'd be a good place for us to begin in looking at any issue that we're dealing with and the emotions that come as a result of it is, what am I believing? So if I believe that there is no hope or no answer or no future, then I'm going to feel deeply depressed. And out of that depression then comes a belief that uh, the thing that I believe I need to do is to take my own life. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the pathway that it comes Mm -hmm. so that the uh, the emotions come as a result of what meaning that that we're giving to whatever it, that it might be, might be, whether it's dealing with the, the current a certain the uh, current COVID stuff, or it had to do with uh, the election, if it has to do with other people, if it has to do with family issues, if it has to do with uh, marriages that are are, are facing uh, uh, challenges it that i need to begin with what am i believing about this Mm
0: -hmm. right and you are basically speaking my language now because as many of the my listeners know i went through a personal depression back in 2016. i was not suicidal but i was feeling really desperate kind of at the end of my rope and as a christian That was especially difficult because we're promised a different kind of life and I couldn't reckon with, well, that's not the way it's turning out for me. But when you say that what we're believing shapes our emotions and then that shapes our actions, that was so precisely true in my own life. And I wonder if you can think of some beliefs or some thoughts that people tend to have that are not true. They are maybe lies we're believing. Maybe they are thoughts that those fiery darts that the enemy of our soul is throwing our way. Perhaps they're worldly standards comparison trap those types of things that we're trying to live up with up to and just can't quite cut it or maybe they're even you know the trappings of our own flesh but you know just that uh, world or fleshly kinds of thoughts um, lusts and those sorts of things but can can you speak to what you would consider to be some common thoughts or beliefs that folks Maybe believing, and if they go unchecked, could really be problematic in their lives. Maybe it doesn't have to do with suicide necessarily, but maybe something you've seen in your practice from some of your clients over the years. What are some common thoughts or beliefs that are simply not true from our biblical worldview?
1: I think a major one would be, I can't take anymore. Mm -hmm. so that we feel like we're full of struggles and uh, the emotions that have gone through or actions of others or failures that we've had in our own life and we think I can't take any more and if I think I can't take any more then I'm probably going to feel some level of depression but anxiety could come into that as well because I might be buffering myself against more stuff that that may happen another belief would be is is that there's no answer uh we we i mean we struggle with all kinds of things and we're looking for answers and it could be something very simple about you know I, i don't know how i'm going to be able to get groceries I, I don't know how i'm going to be able to take care of the kids i don't i'm, I'm not uh, i don't know how i'm going to get through tomorrow because i've been awake all night long uh, but those are typical kinds of things but it would be believing something and then feeling the emotions as a result of it and then i'm going to act on it and sometimes we can be rather healthy in, in the action that we take as well. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to get on my knees this morning. I'm going to cry out to my father. I'm going to tell him what's going on. And I'm going to listen. Uh, and sometimes uh, that there is a need for us to have private time, not always, but but private time to where we can lay on the floor, weep, to whatever degree that we need to, to weep and cry out to our Father, help me, Lord, show me what, what is my next step. Because often if we don't know even, how, I don't know what I'm, how I'm going to get up tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to get to the grocery. I don't know how I can, can deal with the children today because I am worn out. All I need, all, all I think can think of is I need some sleep so that we need to be proactive in being aware of ourselves sometimes we have a real good insight into what somebody else is going through and even have great compassion in in dealing helping them and and being available you call me anytime you you uh i'm I'm right next door you you come over here if, if something's going on i know that you, you didn't get your check last week. And it, is there anything I can help you with? Uh, do you need a little bit of groceries? Do you need some gasoline? But it would be becoming more proactive uh, in being aware of what's happening with others. At the same time, being aware of ourselves, Because even if we're really involved with other people and wanting to help them, but we're not taking care of ourselves that we're so caught up in taking care of others or finding the solutions to these things that we're worn out. And what we need to do is have some time to, I call it God time, Mm -hmm. some time with God, just me and God and listening to Him. Sometime back uh, at the church that I'm in, there was a speaker that came and he came out on the stage and he hadn't even said anything yet. And he said, well, let me tell you a story. He says, something I do every morning is I get up and go in uh, to wherever it was, that he, whatever the thing he said, he room he went into. And he said, I sit and listen. Mm-hmm. And he says, I just listen to what God is telling me. And I began to write those things down. And he's, I think he had said he'd been doing it for a year or 18 months or, or something like that. But it was, you know how we get these revelations from God sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and we, and we think, that guy is talking to me. Yeah. Because I don't, I, I, I would get up and, and read the word. I, I go through something called a radio, audio, Bible sure. every morning, and I listen to that and 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 it's very good because it takes me through the Bible in a year. And uh, my wife, Barbara, and I, we've been doing that maybe three years now. And it's it's kind of our routine. We get up and do it together. We have coffee together and whatnot. But that's not the same Mm -hmm. as me having private time with my father. Mm -hmm. To sit down or lay down. Sometimes I like to lay on the floor. Mm -hmm. and just listen to God and cry out to him. But sometimes it's just an emotional uh, thing that comes over me that has to do with, I call it healing power, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that comes into me to where that whatever it is that I've been struggling with, God begins to reveal things to me. And sometimes the revelation is not words. It's the comfort that he brings or that anxiety turns into peace or that uh, frustration turns into uh, being able to handle whatever the things might be. But I I guess what we're really talking about is, is that, again, is that we need the revelation of God himself. He really is our dad. And he loves us in that that particular way. But when we get overwhelmed with living life and dealing with disease or dealing with the children or dealing with the family or dealing with finances or dealing with work, we crowd out God because we are so Busy, and I'm not saying be be irresponsible. Not that at all, but it it has to do with do we have time with our heavenly Father because He can bring those revelations. And it and again, it comes back to whatever I'm dealing with. It's not just the circumstances; it's the meaning I give it, and that's the thing that we need to check check ourselves in. Is to okay. This is what's happening. What meaning am I giving it? And it's just kind of like listening in your head to what the thoughts that are going through. And then checking out is that revelation that I'm getting, is it from the enemy? Is it from my own history? Is it from my revelation of thinking how that I know the answer to that? Or is it revelation from our Father? And I'm telling you, he is a loving father. He, he He wants what's best for us. He's with us every moment and uh, to know that, just to, to embrace that. you know sometimes well, you know somebody might be thinking, well, I hear that at church and I, I think about that sometimes, but it's 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 true. And sometimes we might believe. here's what happens sometimes we believe, Yeah, that's true but i'm not experiencing it and i don't believe it's true for me and i'm reflecting on well i know i got really angry yesterday and i know my father didn't like that and it sure didn't help me in that situation and i don't deserve to hear from him today because i blew it well that's our thoughts and, I, and he talks about that our thoughts are not his thoughts and, and we need to be, we can know what his thoughts are because he wants to reveal it to us. Uh, I can't say that I've personally heard an audible voice, but I know people that will, will say I've heard an audible voice from God and I don't doubt that. And, uh, Maybe he'll talk to me today. <laughs> I said that he, maybe he might. He might sit here right now and just tell me something. But it is it it is embracing the reality we have a heavenly Father who loves us deeply and who is going to take care of us. And but sometimes we end up believing the lies of the enemy that there's no hope. And if I believe there's no hope i'm going to be depressed and i might do something as drastic as taking my own life Mm -hmm.
0: stephen you have given us several concrete approaches to you know literally what we can do to first of all i guess recognize and be aware of ourselves as you said and we can seek that private God time, cry out before him and talk to him and pour out our souls, really. And then we can also listen. And that's hard to do in this century. And maybe it's always been hard to do. I don't know. But pausing to listen requires a lot of determination and we are, you know, we We have it's discipline, isn't it? To have the discipline to stop everything because we're notified like every second our phone is buzzing and someone's waiting and someone's knocking and there's Facebook and there's everything calling for our attention. But to actually slow down and discipline ourselves to listen for, I need to do that. Matter of fact, you've inspired me and I'm like, you know, I know it. I felt so convicted when you were saying that. I'm like, that is what That is one thing that's missing in my own life. Hmm. I'm not slowing down enough just to listen. And I need to discipline myself to do that. I want to go back to two thoughts that you identified. The first one was, I can't take this anymore. And the second one was, there's no answer to my situation Hmm. predicament. So for, I can't take. My life, or I can't take this or it anymore. If we recognize that we're having that thought and we know that it's not what God says, how do we go from disengaging that thought and clinging instead to what God says about our scenario? What is the kind of like the mental pathway to get us from? this point of desperation, I just can't do this anymore. I, I just want to give up to wait a minute. I There's a, a, another thought I can have because having our brains, you know, neuroscience telling us that our brains are neuroplastic, our thoughts matter. They're not just chemicals floating around. They're actually carving, you know, pathways in our brain. What would be the substitute thoughts or the true statements that we could tell ourselves and how do we start believing those instead? Is it just through repetition or what does all of that look
1: like? I would say it's more of a decision. Mm. Um, First off, what we're talking about is we're aware of it and it all begins with awareness. Sometimes our busyness is such that we know that there's discomfort going on in us, but we don't know necessarily what the root of it is. And the root is what we're thinking and uh, our belief. Mm-hmm. those would be uh, just just the same thing. If I'm thinking uh, about uh, how am I going to handle, what's happening today then uh if my belief is I don't know if I can take any more. well there's where there's where I need to be aware of what am I thinking mm-hmm. and the other thing would be what words have been spoken over me there's life and death and the power of the tongue so that if someone has told me today is that you know you are i don't care about you i think that you're stupid mm-hmm. and that you are you're the reason why i am miserable those are powerful words so what i can do is i can go to god and say god i renounce those words i ask that you would break the power of those words over me now some mm-hmm. often they're coming from other people mm-hmm. Sometimes they're coming from the enemy. Sometimes they're coming from me, mm-hmm. that I've decided somehow or another. I blew it. Uh, I have no reason, I have no uh, reason being a psychotherapist. Who am I to talk to anybody about it? I'm a mess today, that kind of thing. Well then that would be something that I need to renounce. say, Lord, I'm sorry I said that. You called me to this particular position. I love what I do in general. I've been doing it for all of these 30 years. And that, why would I today believe that I was disqualified? But if I believe I'm disqualified, I'm going to feel that way, and I'm going to act that way. I can't emphasize that enough, is we need to get in touch with what's going on in our minds.
0: And before we go on, let's take a quick break for our sponsor.
1: Sometimes we have generational things that we're dealing with. That's true. That uh, I think it's in Deuteronomy somewhere. I, I forget where it is, but it's, I know it's in the Old Testament. said the sins of the fathers are visited to the third and fourth generation. So sometimes, and I'm not going to blame it on them, but sometimes my grandfather may have believed that there was no hope and my dad ended up with that. And then I have some of that in me. So sometimes I need to take responsibility in my life and in my generations for a spirit of discouragement or a mm-hmm. spirit of fear or a spirit of whatever that it might be because we do have an enemy mm-hmm. and he's about the business of trying to destroy us and to discourage us. That's, that's So we need to be aware of that in the first place, but to know we have the power of the creator of the universe who is for us and gives us that capacity to make sure that we can lead a life of joy and peace and patience and kindness and and gentleness and self-control and whatever that's in the scriptures that I forgot to to put in that particular scripture. But that is the reality. So as we turn our our thoughts i mean we're thinking if it's in the scriptures it's true and if i'm thinking that and if i'm saying that to myself and uh listening to uh some of the scriptures that i hear when i'm doing radio audio bible that it it will bring resolution to that now the big thing that needs to be addressed in finding resolution is is that we just we don't want to just learn how to cope and manage we need to be transformed and that's that's scriptural if, if you look at traditional uh co- counseling approaches the the uh, the goal is to f- figure out how i can think more clearly, and act uh, more uh, appropriately. That helps to cope and manage. But when we begin to look at the reality of the power of God, we can move toward resolution. And, uh, and the, the scriptures talks about is that has to do with being don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I, I began. I was started in counseling many, many, many years ago. So therefore, I I, uh, I thought that when I gave my life to the Lord, the word uh, transformation was cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. But one time, I for some reason or other, I looked at the root in the, in the word transformation is the same as metamorphosis.
0: Yeah.
1: So that. I tell people to come to see me. I say, you want to get metamorphed? (laughs) You know, And that's the way I think of it for myself. We can have resolution. We can be transformed. And it's not just through uh, looking at my thinking patterns, although I need to be very aware of what's going through my mind. And certainly I need to change my behaviors. But I need the power of the creator of the universe to bring
0: that resolution yes oh and I love this because what you're saying also that resolution that transformation really is healing mm-hmm. in my own life I got so good at taking thoughts captive mm-hmm. and I always liken them to my backyard in Kentucky we have so many dandelions right mm-hmm. and and if a dandelion, if a dandel, little yellow flower was a thought that I was having that, that say, was contrary to mm-hmm. God's word and truth or whatever, then I got so good at just snipping those off. Mm-hmm. And to me, that would be more of that, what you said was like the cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. where I, I was aware at least, and I got so good at taking care of those, but I wasn't transformed it was the start which was a good start but i did not have the healing until god revealed that to me and we began to do some work on roots and and some other hurts and things like that that were you know that i was maybe dealing with and we just had dug deeper with me that's when a real transformation occurred i think for me i'd like to shift at this point in our chat to survivors of a family member who has committed suicide or maybe not even a family member could be a friend an acquaintance and or even just someone in the community recently in my small community an individual committed suicide and or allegedly and it even rattled me because he was such a uh wonderful gentleman, and it was astounding to me, much more so, probably times a billion, if it had been a family member or a dear and close friend to me. I wonder, this is where it gets to be so almost overwhelmingly sad or um, just such a sensitive topic to think about the guilt Alone that someone may be experiencing, say a, a parent and a, maybe a, a teenager committed suicide, my my own, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. How would you counsel those people who are the survivors of someone who has taken their life?
1: It would be uh, if we're ministering to somebody who has been through that would be, first off, to be a good listener. And, um, and sometimes the, uh, it's helpful for them to be able just to talk about, here's what happened, and I feel responsible, and I really wish that I had done thus and so. And, and, um, and to, how can I say, be accepting of them It doesn't mean that you accept what they believe. And often they're going to believe, I I should have done something. I could have done something. And since I didn't do anything or or didn't do what I should have done, then they begin to take on the guilt for (laughs) themselves. Now, the reality is is that maybe even if we intervened in a situation like that it might have stopped it at that particular moment but it might have re it might have come up again to where that the person might go ahead and and act on that particular stuff now so it but it it still deals with some of what we just discussed early if if somebody that is very close to me hurts themselves, kills themselves even, if I believe I should have done something, then that will lead to guilt. If I believe that that somehow or another I should have, uh, when I saw them sad last week, that I, I should have asked them to go to a counselor or go... Go talk to me if I believe the fact that I didn't do that, that I'm responsible for that death. I think that's coming from the accuser. Mm. Now, the truth would be maybe I could have done something else, but I didn't think of it. Or I, I didn't know the magnitude of the depression that they were going through. I didn't know that they had already tried twice before and it didn't work. So there will be factors that I just didn't know about. And we can only act on what we know. And then whatever we know, we need, then we then begin to process that through our thinking uh, as to what does that mean? Uh, Should I intervene in here? Now, often people have tried to intervene. And the, uh, the person that was depressed would blow them off or, or tell them off or tell them to mind their own business and, and that kind of thing. Because some people will be, uh, have already decided, I'm going to do this regardless of what you say. Mm. Now, the only thing that could happen, let's say if I know that someone is getting ready to take their life, wherever it might be, mm-hmm. then I need to call the police and say, I, at this particular address, is a person who told me they're getting ready to take their life. And, and the police could go there because I can get there because it's a distant different state or it's um, a half an hour away or, or, or whatever it might be. So that one of the beliefs we need to deal with is is that we can't keep a person alive. We can stand with them. We can pray for them. We can genuinely care about them. But if someone decides they're going to take their life in spite of how much I love them and how available I was, is that we sometimes believe I should have done something more. When we may have done a whole lot, so then we then if I believe somehow or another I am responsible, I'm going to feel guilty, I'm going to be have anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. and now I'm believing something that isn't true that I need to deal with. Mm-hmm. But the author of life and death is God.
0: Amen.
1: He is the one, he can intervene supernaturally. And I know situations where he has, that someone was almost dead and God intervened. Mm -hmm. And so that, this is a, a valid thing that you're bringing up is, what can we do? And the truth is we really can't keep somebody from doing it. I don't care much we love them or how close we are or how much uh, oversight that we're giving them and whatnot. They can slip away and, and already have the plan and then go ahead and carry, carry through with it. Even though I, have, I love them deeply, I watched over them, I, I tried to make sure that I knew where they were i made sure that all the pills in the house were gone i i got the gun out of the uh, of the closet and i put it in a, a different uh, home or what that we can do all of these things that can might minimize the risk yet mm-hmm. if someone is has decided i am going to do this then it's very difficult for us to stop it unless we can get the help like through the police coming and taking them to the emergency room or and that kind of thing.
0: I think also with those left behind, they're dealing with the outright trauma and assault on their soul in a way as a result of what's happened and the, the guilt, as you explained, but they're also dealing with grief and just the natural, normal grieving process that would occur when we lose anyone for any reason. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of compounded because they've got separate. It's not that, oh, my child died. It's my child died and this yeah. is how he died. So it's even so um, it, it it's a. You know, it it just stops everything, really, I think. Could you speak a little bit to how do we articulate and talk about this with other family members and with friends? If I'm going through this trauma and this tragedy, if this happened to me personally, and, you know, the whole world is watching, or maybe siblings are involved, or grandchildren, Younger children, uh, how do we articulate that? As as the one who lost a loved one, what do we say to other people? How do we how do we demonstrate ourselves to them during this type of crisis? What do we do?
1: Well, beginning would be to listen to what each of them has to say and sometimes they're not going to say anything because they know that you're dealing with that particular loss but somehow another we need to let the other person know I'm sure that you've been affected by this in some way I certainly have uh we need to talk about it if we need to you know and you have my permission to come to me anytime that it might be and talk about your sorrow, the grief that you're dealing with, or if if this has uh, affected your belief in God, if this has uh, put put anything in your mind regarding that you might do it yourself, and you're you're afraid that that could happen, then then it would be in letting them know that there is no particular there is no topic that cannot be discussed mm. because the the other person particularly if it's in a family might have this great compassion for the mother who lost her son but it's another one of the sons who will uh, is reluctant to go talk to his mother because she's dealing with all this kind of stuff exactly. so we as other people that are there um uh, could have i'm gonna say don't i'm gonna say should could have the capacity to help them and to use the fact that they've been through it as an understanding what the other person is going through there can be a real uh connection as a i really do understand what you're telling me yet not take responsibility for that other person to say i should have done more or I should have been available. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 kind of a tightrope that you're on.
0: Why is suicide such a taboo subject and a topic?
1: I would say fear. Mm-hmm. If if I talk to that I'm struggling too, and if I'm going to talk to the person who who had the same loss that I did, my fear is I would be laying too much on them. So it could be fear, uh, anxiety, worry, dread, apprehension of what, yeah. what what might occur as a result of that. But it gets back to what am I believing? Mm-hmm. If I'm believing I can't talk to them because they are going through the same thing that I have, then what am I going to do? I am not going to talk if I believe I can't. Yeah. So it would be th- even through this particular uh thing that we're doing right now that uh, for people who have been through uh, the the someone in their family that has committed suicide and someone else in the in the family who is struggling with with that to know that it is okay to bring up the topic but to be sensitive to it And, and i i usually think of it as if i'm going to talk to somebody about a a particular topic that is energy charged, I just ask them, is this a good time that I could talk about this? Or what I know you're going through all of this. There's something else that I could maybe uh, uh, let you know regarding the circumstances. And if they say, you know, it, I, I'm just overwhelmed right now, then we know to back off. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we can be too sensitive, that we're dealing with stuff. We don't want to bring it up to someone else because we think they're already struggling. And if I talk about my struggle, that I'm laying too much on them. They have the capacity to say, "I this is not a good time to talk to me about this, or I understand there's something. Can we just pray about this? It's an energy charged topic. Mm-hmm. Lots of energy in it that has to do with, Uh, And lack of understanding, how could they, knowing how much that I love them, how could they do this? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, people will commit suicide to, because the other person will have to deal with it. And they were angry that the reason they did it is they wanted to make, Mm -hmm. to, to punish, to punish the other person. Mm, I, had would, a, I, had a, I had a client that, this would have been years and years ago, and, and, and she told me that her husband called her oh dear, and on the phone did that because mm. he hated her. Mm. So we need to be aware of that there, all these things can can't happen, but we also need to be aware of it doesn't matter how deeply we are in uh, in distress the creator i say this as the creator of the universe our father who loves us he says bring your burdens to me and i will give you rest but sometimes we just think we cannot let go of these things because often when it involves a death if i let go of my grief or sorrow about that, then the enemy will say, ah, you didn't really care anyway. Oh, what a lie, Right, what a lie.
0: This has been just such a, an important conversation to have. And I am so hopeful that the listener is as encouraged as I have been by your transparency, by the clarity with which you speak, and the depth of understanding and wisdom that you have brought to this topic. And in the end, you know, you you keep bringing it back to the author and creator of life. Mm -hmm. And our names are engraved in his hands. And he knows us by name, by our name. He loves us like a father loves us. Mm He knows what he's about. And if we can just grab hold of that, it is indeed transformative and restorative. So could you close us in prayer, please, Stephen?
1: Father, and you are our Father. We come to you as your children. And we say, just ask you, would you help us and give us greater wisdom regarding how to handle our own emotions and decisions and the emotions and decisions of others? I know that you want what's best for us. And Lord, that always comes back to my mind. You have a plan for us to prosper us, not to harm us and give us a hope in the future. So if there are people that are listening to this, I would just encourage you to go to your father and ask him Just say, help me God. Show me the next step. If it's somebody that's listening here today that is, has someone in their family or their friend that is they're concerned about that, just go to your father and ask him that he would help you to know what to do. And if it's happening to you, just let yourself embrace the reality that God loves you deeply and he created life, and that includes you, includes you. So let him into your life and show you the days that he has for the future. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: You can connect with Stephen at Stephen Johnson and Associates dot com or call eight five nine two one nine ninety eight hundred. Also, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five and it's available twenty four seven in English and Spanish. Visit Suicide Prevention Lifeline dot org to learn more about this important topic. All of this information is included in the show notes. Also, if you can think of one person who is struggling right now, or if you can think of an individual who has experienced suicide of a loved one, why not copy this episode URL and email or text it, text it to them? It may offer them a message of hope and validation that could be life-changing for them. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.